Hello, hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 224 of Self Kind with me, Erica Webb. So today I want to dive into a conversation about the ways that we tend to disconnect from our body when we are experiencing tension, pain, discomfort, and why those methods that we use to disconnect, which we do out of, you know, really kind of good reasons, uh, tend to have the opposite effect than intended and have the potential to actually make us feel more uncomfortable than we did in the first place. I'm going to talk about what those things are, as well as how we can take a different approach that might actually start to help us reduce that tension, reduce that discomfort and find a new way through that. Hi, and welcome to Self Kind with me, Erica Webb. This is a podcast about what it means to be, live and move through a lens of self-kindness. We'll look at the ways self-kindness can underpin our practices in movement, mindfulness and mindset to support us to be and do the things we so desire in the world. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's get into the show. So I'm very much looking forward to deduct into diving into today's topic. But before we do, there's just a few days left to go before I share a brand new free live workshop with all of you if you are signed up and want to participate. So on the 3rd of October, 2023 at 10am Australian Eastern Daylight Time, I am running a workshop called Ease. It is all about somatic exercise for a weary body. And I'm going to be taking you through some of the why around why somatic exercise can be so darn helpful for persistent aches and pains. And we're also going to move through a physical practice together. So it's 90 minutes. It's completely free. It's happening live on Tuesday, the 3rd of October. There will also be a replay though. So when this episode goes live, it's the end of September. You've still got, I think a few days, if you're listening to it within the first uh, day of it coming out, you've still got a couple of days to sign up and join me live. You also can sign up and then just have the replay delivered to you. And if you're listening to this and you're like the 3rd of October has already gone, might be shortly gone or long gone, still visit the website because you may well be able to access the replay from there. So you want to visit ericaweb.com.au forward slash free dash workshop to sign up for that. And I'm looking forward to seeing you there. All right. So let's dive into talking about the ways that we other our body when we're experiencing tension, pain, discomfort. We do this with emotional pain and discomfort as well. But today I want to specifically talk about physical tension, physical pain. So we're going to talk about how we tend to distance ourselves from our body when we're in pain and discomfort and why the strategies that we use can actually make that discomfort, that tension, that pain worse, not better. Even though our motivation for engaging in those things might be to actually reduce that discomfort tends to have the opposite effect and ramp it up. And I'm going to share with you some alternatives as well, because it's no good pointing out what doesn't work and not giving you things that do. So that's what we're going to talk about. So let's talk about the ways that we can other our body when we're in discomfort. When I say like kind of othering our body, what I really mean is creating kind of like a not me or a distance or a disconnect between part or whole, all of our body in relation to like who we are, right? So it's very common when we're experiencing particularly persistent tension, right? That sort of tension that just doesn't seem to go away, that we haven't figured out how to manage or navigate or release. It's very common for us to to refer to ourselves 
in ways that create some distance between that discomfort and and us. And so I'm going to talk about three of the ways that we do that. And the first one is through our language. So it is not uncommon for us to hear ourselves and the people that we know referring to the bits that hurt as things that are kind of like separate to them, like the bad hip. They might even own it. They might say my bad hip, but there's language around it around it that kind of um, creates negativity around that part of themselves. So the bad hip, the dodgy knee, the um, cranky back, those sorts of words that create a disconnect or a negative kind of aura around that part of their body. I do this too. So I'm not saying uh, that I'm immune to it. I never am. Anything that I talk about here comes, you know, a lot from personal experience. So it's very easy to start talking about the parts of ourselves that hurt as though they are, you know, the the bad parts, the, the, um, the disgruntled parts, right? As though they are maybe out to get us. Last week, I think it was on the podcast, I spoke a little bit about how I used to experience really chronic neck and shoulder tension and pain. And I used to always talk about wanting to like, just like have a transplant, right? From shoulders up, just give me a new set because this set is broken. And that's the sort of language that I'm talking about here. The language that says, this isn't good. This is bad. This part of me or piece of me isn't working as intended. Um, and it's, it's just not right. Yeah. So we kind of use this language that disconnects us. It makes it almost like not self. Or if it is self, we're like ashamed of it or mad at it or think it's mad at us, right? We kind of create that sort of language around it. The second thing that we tend to do is sort of almost like physically disconnect or distract from that part of us. So we take the painkillers, not saying that that's a bad thing. I absolutely have Panadol and Nurofen in my cupboard, but we disconnect from that. We um, try to ignore, we push it away. We pretend everything's fine. We, you know, just ignore, ignore, ignore. And it takes a lot of energy to do that for one thing, but that's the second thing that we do. And the third thing is that we blame and shame those parts of ourselves. And that blame and shame really speaks to this idea that like, I'm broken. There's something wrong with me. That part of my body is crap, right? We, we kind of distance ourselves through blame and shame. Now, the thing with all three of these ways of disconnecting is that they all involve some level of disconnect. And they all involve some layer of like self-criticism. Like it shouldn't be like this. This is bad. I'm a problem. I'm broken. My body's against me, etc. Now, the thing is that when we are disconnected between body and brain, we are missing opportunities to change how we feel through the input that is movement. Because in order to have a really impactful impact, is that the right use of those words together, the same word? Uh, I don't know. But in order to have a really significant impact on how our brain, you know, outputs movement, 
we need to be paying attention. Paying attention, mindful movement can make such a big difference to that brain-body connection. What we know from pain science is that when we are experiencing pain in a particular area of the body, the brain area that is sort of responsible for mapping that part of the body the representation of that gets a little smudged, as in the the neurons that are responsible for kind of representing that part of the body, they start to, to share the load with the areas around them. And so suddenly it's sort of like the edges of, the, of yourself get a little blurry. It's this sense, it's this idea of, of kind of um, smudging within the brain that that literal brain-body connection is not as clear as it could be. And the way that we increase that clarity of the map in our brain, the representation of that part of our body is through movement. We cannot do that if we're not paying attention. We cannot do that if we're not allowing ourselves to be present to what's there. So what happens is by distracting, ignoring, etc., we are potentially limiting our options as far as enhancing that brain-body connection goes, which can lead us further into that sense of being disconnected from that part of our body. The other thing that happens is when we are in this blame, shame, um, negative sort of self-talk thing, when we're doing that thing, the impact on ourselves is the same as if you had someone sitting over your shoulder being like, you're the worst you're terrible. Your body's broken. By the way, have you thought about this? Have you thought about all the other ways that you suck? It is awful, right? It feels awful. If you had someone sitting on your shoulder saying those things to you, you would have a physical and physiological response to that. That would put you into some sort of fight, flight, or freeze mode, right? And when we do that to ourselves, because we're uncomfortable, we're experiencing discomfort, pain, tension, and we distract, disconnect, blame, shame, use this language that is othering and critical, we also have the potential to be putting ourselves into that cycle, right? We are putting ourselves into a zone of needing to protect ourselves from ourselves, right? We have the same physiological reaction to sort of stress, whether that comes from somebody else's critical words or our own. And so in kind of blaming, shaming, distancing, distracting, disconnecting from ourselves, we are potentially creating more of the thing that we're trying to escape from in the first place, namely tension. Because what's the first thing that we do when somebody criticizes us? We kind of, you know, shoulders come up to our ears, we clench our jaw, we grip in our belly. We have that kind of protective response. And so we're going to do more of that if we're self-criticizing as well. Now, as a little side note, it's interesting to consider that that tension is protective, right? That tension is kind of like going to bat for us. It is a way of, of armoring ourselves to fight, flight, or freeze. And yet we look at ourselves and we go like, maybe I'm broken. What's wrong with me? Um, how do I disconnect from this? How do I solve this? And I think so many of our questions come back to this kind of overarching idea of like, well, what the heck is wrong with me? 
rather than looking at it from a different angle and asking like, what is it that I might need? Why is my body so deeply in protective mode? Why is my body experiencing this? Because it won't be by accident. It won't be to just piss me off. There will be a reason why it's happening, right? And we might not always be able to to kind of find that reason in the moment. But if we switch out the question from like, what is wrong with me to what might it be that I need? Then we start to move out of that kind of blame shame game into something that has the potential to be more supportive. So I want to talk about three of the things that we can do instead. We've been using, you know, language to to other ourselves and disconnect. We've been using distraction and we've been using blame and shame. So what can we do instead? The first thing is, you know, obviously using our language in a way that is not othering is a really positive thing to do. And that really comes down to acknowledging and having compassion for the state and situation that we find ourselves in. And so noticing and being like, huh, wow, I really am experiencing a lot of tension in my shoulders today. It's uncomfortable and I'm not, you know, I'm not finding this easy. And meeting yourself with compassion in that. I see, you know, myself suffering. I see that I really don't know what to do next. And I'm going to offer myself kindness and compassion in that suffering. So that acknowledgement and that compassion is key. The second thing that we can do is in an appropriately kind of managed or titrated or um, dosed kind of way, be with the discomfort in movement, be with ourselves in movement. And what I mean by that is thinking about things through that lens of like the body brain connection right? We can clarify those maps. We can give really useful information to our brain about how our body is through movement. And so using movement to help shift tension. I mean, that is my jam, right? But it can be something as simple as lying down on the floor or sitting in your chair and noticing, really giving yourself the time and the space to to be present to sensation within a range that obviously doesn't make you want to scream, right? We're not trying to move further into pain here, but giving yourself that space to, to appropriately explore movement and to allow yourself to be present to what it is that you notice. This is where little simple things like joint rotations are so valuable. Circling your shoulders, circling your ankles, circling your hips, all of these things that we can do really mindfully and within a range that, you know, doesn't increase the pain are really, really helpful ways of reconnecting and watching our responses, watching the language that comes up as we notice, can we meet ourselves all the time with that compassion, with that curiosity, rather than the judgment and blame and shame? And then the third part, which I think probably is, I've sort of already spoken about, but this idea of having a willingness to shift from what is wrong with me, which is a really simple question to ask in a lot of ways, to the curiosity infused question of like, hmm, what is it that I might need? 
Now, that is a complicated question. I'm not going to lie. It sounds simple, right? But it isn't. (laughs) Um, Sometimes it is easier to ask the question of like, well, what's wrong with me? Because if I'm broken, I guess, you know, buck stops here. I'm, I'm, this is just what it is. But if we start to ask the question of like, hmm, what is it that I might need? We have to get a little bit more honest with ourselves. We have to get a little bit more curious. And sometimes we might be asked by our body and, and by our being to do things that get in the way of productivity, uh, pleasing other people, um, constantly achieving, et cetera, et cetera. And even if you don't think of yourself as being a super high kind of productive achieving person, those needs that drive that kind of cultural drive impacts all of our ability to actually show up for the things that we need. So as an example, the day that I'm recording this, um, it's a Monday and it's the first Monday of school holidays for my kids for this um, school holiday term. And I had plans to get a lot of work done. I was going to let them have a rest day, just chill out, do their games, do whatever they felt like. I were going on a holiday next week. And so I had all these plans of like everything that I wanted to do. I wanted to pre-record this podcast. I wanted to do a bunch of videos for the self-kind hub. I wanted to record something for YouTube. And I got up and I just didn't feel very much like I had the energy for that. I was wiped out yesterday, just completely exhausted, woke up today feeling still a little bit like, hmm, I really just want to lie on the couch. And like, I gave myself permission to do that. This is the first like proper work thing, proper work thing I've done all day. And it's already, you know, nearly three o'clock in the afternoon. And it is hard sometimes to push off the things that feel productive because we know we need to do them, right? Like my work's not going anywhere. Nobody's going to do it for me. It's, it's important. It needs to get done. And yet when I really checked and said like, what is it that I need? What is it that I might need? The answer was like, maybe you need to not do that today. Maybe you need to do less. Maybe you do just need to go and sit on the couch and read your book and draw and have a cup of tea and, you know, eat strawberries. Like that was the answer when I checked in. That isn't always going to be the answer, right? But my point being that sometimes asking the question of like, what is it that I might need also leads us to the follow-up, which is like, am I willing to do what it is that I might need? which maybe is stuff that feels uncomfortable, like rest, self-care, meeting ourselves with compassion, um, taking a day off, all of that stuff that perhaps doesn't feel always that available to us because we are so immersed in this culture of achieve, do more, don't let anybody down. But in the process, we often let ourselves down, right? So they're the three ways that we can kind of start to reconnect bring those pieces of ourselves that we have perhaps othered out and and made separate to ourselves, disconnected from, in an attempt to kind of shield ourselves from that discomfort, to stop it from getting in the way of our productivity most likely, but to start to draw those parts of ourselves back in, to start to meet them with more compassion, to start to ask the question of like, hey, like what is it that you might need rather than what is wrong with you? And that is going to have a very different impact on your nervous system than simply the shun, the blame, the shame, the disconnection. It has an impact on the way that your nervous system responds. It has an impact on that brain-body connection. And it's ultimately going to have a huge impact on the way that you feel. All right, that's it from me. I hope that that is helpful. I hope that that is useful. When I talk about pain and discomfort and, and tension, sometimes I'm 
I'm considering in the back of my mind how hugely uh, varied people's pain and discomfort experiences can be. But when I talk about this, I'm really talking about anything from the you know, daily tension that builds up as we sit at our desks to the more chronic long-term stuff that, you know, maybe you've had a bad back for 10 years. So anything in that spectrum, um, you know, anything can, can be affected by these ways of relating to ourselves. So get curious, notice, are you doing any of these things? And can you just simply start to get curious about asking new questions, asking what is it that I might need? Noticing what is the language that I'm using to refer to these parts of myself that are perhaps not super comfortable right now? And am I able to meet myself with more compassion, more curiosity, and loads and loads of kindness? All right, until next week, keep being kind to yourself. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Self Kind. If you loved it, why not share it? And while you're there, take the time to subscribe, rate, and review the show. I'd love you to come hang out with me more too. You'll find me over on Instagram at EricaWeb underscore selfkind. And you can sign up for my e-newsletter by heading to my website, ericaweb.com.au. While you're there, you can also read up more about the Self Kind Hub and other ways of working with me. Until next time, keep being kind to yourself. Bye.